Come on, baby. Here we go. Kill you in truth with the fellas. Yes. 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 It's DMAC. It's Chad. It's Nate. It's Super Bowl week. I want to start with some early picks. I see what ESPN has, and it is overwhelming, fellas, for the Chiefs. Out of 64 experts, did they play the game? No, nerds. 49 to 15 with the Chiefs having the advantage and Patrick Mahomes winning the chip. All right, I'll start with you guys, and we'll go from there. Chad, early look as to who you think will win the game. I've got the Chiefs in this one. I think this is the Chiefs' year. Uh, I didn't think it was possible for teams to flip the switch when the playoffs came around, but the Chiefs have done just that. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, have been able to uh, place their best football of the season after struggling through the entire season, starting with the opening game to the Lions. Uh, struggles late, struggles early, struggles in the wide receiver room. Yet and still here, they find themselves in the Super Bowl because they were able to get themselves together at the right time of the year. San Francisco, I, I, I get a sense that they're hanging on. They're not playing their best football, not on either side of the ball. Uh, the injury to Debo Samuels, I think, still gives me some concerns. He's such an integral part of what they do offensively. Um, so in a game, I think that'll end up being very close. I just think the Chiefs are playing at a higher level and have been able to recapture their best football, whereas the 49ers aren't quite there yet and just kind of holding on right now. Nate? I got to go with the Niners here, man. Of course, you <laughs> of course yeah. I do. Of course I do. You know why? Because the Niners, like you said, they've been hanging on. Well, they found a way to win two consecutive playoff games when not playing their best football. To me, that's a sign of a team that's maturing. That's a sign of a team that's learning how to win in different ways. 49ers were the front runner all season long. Uh, number one seed uh, had one bad loss against the Baltimore Ravens. And pretty much other than that, they were good all year. And I think they're going to figure out a way to get this done. Uh, I think that they, you know, um, th this was a rematch of the Super Bowl from five years ago. Um, they learned a lot from that experience. Kyle Shanahan lost one as an offensive coordinator. He's lost one as a head coach. And I think now it's just time to get this thing figured out. And indicative of that to me is the fact that they've won these last two playoff games in not Kyle Shanahan fashion. He's finding a way to win in a different way and pull things out. And Brock Purdy figuring out how to win uh, when things aren't going great. Now, the defense has been, last couple games in the playoffs, you know, getting gashed a little bit, so they're going to have to figure something out. But um, but I think the 49ers are destined to figure out a way to win this game, and a lot of it is based on all this all this momentum that's going to the Chiefs. You can create this underdog mentality and then go out there and shock the world. You just cannot, in my opinion, fall behind, and I think the Niners have a shot. But I don't imagine, Nate, a scenario where you're trailing by a bunch like you did to the dumb Dan Campbell and the Lions and figure that out later. Not against the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs will milk you dry. They will. They don't care if they win 19 to 6. They're the Chiefs, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't yeah. matter. And they can figure that out. They're not going to piss away a lead, Nate, like the Lions did. So what do the Niners? And listen, it wasn't a great game against Green Bay either. Not really. And they pulled that out. So how do they start strong and stay strong? I think Brock Purdy, I think, comes down to Brock Purdy being accurate and on, on point in the first half and being able to, you know, engineer some touchdown drives there in the first half and not, uh, you know, he's had some inaccuracy issues the last couple of games. I mean, in the first one against Green Bay was in the rain. Uh, so I guess you give him that. He's not going to be, it's not going to be wet. 
but he was really bad in that game. And then, um, and then against Detroit, everything just nothing was working in the first half for those guys. So they just they have to be accurate, um, obviously with the ball, but they have to be but they have to establish the line of scrimmage on with the offensive line, man, and um, and have that wide zone working. And then off of that, the keeper game will open up. Debo Samuel, the motions, the shifts, all that will open up. But it, it depends on effect, an effective establishment of the running game early. And Christian McCaffrey, you know, breaking off some eight yard runs, some seven yard runs some 12 yard runs some three yard runs that's fine but stick with that and i think christian mccaffrey is ready for this moment and um and so is everyone else i mean george kittle could be a pivotal it, it's pretty interesting you got two of the best tight ends in the in the nfl playing in the in the super bowl and, and it's not a coincidence that uh, oftentimes mm. the best teams have the best tight ends because those guys are the hinges between the run and the passing game and can really af uh, affect the game offensively in ways that you know lesser tight ends can't so i think george kittle is going to be a big a big factor in this game yeah i i i agree and listen i don't think you can rely chad just on brock purdy uh, not that, you know, he would have to get the ball, obviously, to Kittle or McCaffrey. Frankly, I think if the Niners are going to win, Christian McCaffrey would likely be the MVP of this game, meaning there's just something special about Christian they can't stop. But I think they'll just gear in on it. You could be right there, Nate. Maybe Kittle is the most unanswerable question that they have. But Chad, can a seventh-round draft pick in the biggest game ever beat the best quarterback of all time? Oh. Well, number one, Patrick Mahomes is not the best quarterback of all time. The well, I don't know. That I've been was a sixth-round draft pick. So can a seventh-round draft pick win the Super Bowl? Of course he can. Uh, are the 49ers good enough to win this game? Yeah, they are. Is Brock Purdy good enough? Yes. I just think the Chiefs are a bit better. So the run game with Christian McCaffrey, there's a bit of a boom or bust kind of thing to the 49ers run game. It's two-yard run, three-yard run, two-yard run, then Christian Bruss is a 40-yarder. So if the Chiefs are able to limit the big plays um, and Steve Spagnuolo is able to get Brock Purdy into third and long situations, he's been a great coordinator all year for the Chiefs. Their pressure packages were really the difference in uh, these playoff games. So, uh, I, again, I just – not to diminish what the 49ers bring into this game, I just see the Chiefs as being a better, more prepared team. You talk about Brock Purdy versus – Patrick Mahomes, no doubt. Brock Purdy, uh, no doubt. Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback. When you talk about Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, versus Steve Spagnola, the coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, well, you got to give it to the, the Chiefs. So once you start stacking things up like that, but if you keep going that down that road, aren't there a lot of positions that the 49ers are better than the Chiefs at on on defense? I mean. Don't uh, I mean? Isn't Nick Bosa better than the Chiefs in the end? Aren't the aren't the Niners linebackers better than the Chiefs linebackers? Uh, uh, they haven't Charlie played like it though. Whereas you know, Patrick Mahomes has played better than Brock Purdy. Steve Spagnuolo has coordinated better than Steve Wilkes. So yeah, we can point to these individual battles, but in the Fred Warner has has not lived up to the Fred Warner billing that he had during the regular season. The Chiefs linebackers have been the better playoff linebackers. Chris Jones has been the best defensive lineman in the playoffs, not Nick Bosa. So, yeah, there's things you can point to, but in the end, who's playing better in the playoffs is why I'm picking the Chiefs. I think the 49ers are good enough to win. They have enough talent on both sides of the ball. Unfortunately, their talent's not playing at the same level that the mm. Chiefs' talent is. That's why I'm going with the Chiefs. All right, fellas. Uh, I was this about the, uh, the, yeah, the Chiefs' defense 
um, this week versus the one they play, you know, the, the Ravens. So the Ravens offense, very, very, very different from the, from the Niners offense. The, the Ravens offense was really all around about Lamar Jackson and, and, and bottling him up. And they did a very effective job in that, but they weren't really afraid of any of the other weapons out there. Cause they didn't really effectively use anybody. I mean, any other than, uh, Zay flowers, I mean, you know, the, the Baltimore Ravens offense, not very dynamic. Any of those playmate guys weren't making plays, but the 49ers, you have to, you're not trying to bottle up Brock Purdy. You're trying to deal with their other weapons who are moving in space. So it's a very different task for this chiefs defense. Definitely Steve Spagnolo kicking ass and, and, and operating at a high level, but the game plan is going to be much, much different. All right. Does playing and winning on the road toughen you up to a degree that can pay off in this game or, you know, listen, man, it's the Super Bowl. Everything is so different. It, it doesn't really matter how you got there. Nate. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, of course it does. I, and, I, and what Chad was talking about, the team that pl- is playing best at the at the right time. I mean, you know, a, a lot of times it's it's you know, I'm picking the Niners and, and maybe a little bit with my heart here, because um, a lot of times the team that's the front runner all season long, they have a really hard time sustaining it all the way through the finish line. Uh, it did happen a couple of years ago when the two number one teams met in the Super Bowl or last year, but the year before that, it was the number four seeds. And oftentimes you find a team who catches fire late and ends up playing their best football at the best time. And to do that, you have to go on the road a bit to do mm-hmm. that, you know? And so it does fortify your process there. And if you are just home game, home game, number one seed, number one seed, and all of a sudden you got to go on the road and it's a different environment, then it, that can be more shocking than the team who just went on the road a couple of times before that, won playoff games on the road, and now this is just another road <clears throat> playoff game. So, um, yeah, I do think it maybe gives the, the advantage to the Chiefs a little bit having won on the road last week. I think for KC, you know, obviously the last couple of years, they've been the number one seed. And so they've experienced that, the home crowd, the the home field advantage, but when you go on the road, that whole band of brothers thing that you can only get mm-hmm. when you go on a road and you are able to mm-hmm. silence 70,000 people, just you mm-hmm. and 99 of your guys, your coaches, your players, your trainers, just, you know, that one plane ride full of people are able to go and shut up 70,000 people, silence the stadium, steal the energy, steal the momentum. Uh, that's a very powerful thing that brings you together in ways that home wins just simply can't do. Um, so the Chiefs have been on both sides of that. Now they've getting this road experience, which I think toughens you mentally, uh, allows you to you know withstand. Because when you go into an enemy, enemy stadium, DMAC, you have to withstand the not just the energy of the other team on the other sideline, yeah. but you have to withstand the energy of 70,000 people. And so you have to do that twice, literally. You have to do that it, to start the ball game. You have to do that somewhere early in the second half once the crowd gets back into their seats and they get it at, at full roar again. So the Chiefs' ability to withstand that, I think, gives them uh, a mental toughness advantage in this game, gives them a confidence advantage in this game. I, um, again, with my heart, Nate, is with the Niners all the way. Uh, um, just way too many Colorado connections, people that I, like, know. And I think are cool people are connected to that organization. Quite a few. So I'm with you. And and I'll, I'll give you this. With my kid living in the shadow of uh, the stadium in Santa Clara for the past couple of years, I grew to really, you know, like that neighborhood. I know where your high school is. And it really is the uh, San Jose, Santa Clara 
49ers, not the San Francisco 49ers. If anybody gets confused about that, everything, Nate, is in your backyard with where the Niners do everything now. It's it's wild. It's not San Francisco. So I have an affinity and uh, some, despite some rough patches of, of my kid there in uh, good old West Valley College, um, you know, I grew to really like that area, love that area. So, man, the connections are ridiculous. So I want them to win. But, Chad, I just don't know. I mean, what are we looking here with the Chiefs? It's a dynasty, right? And are the Niners the team to disrupt that dynasty? That's clearly what's going on with Kansas City. They're winning in every fashion you can imagine. And if Patrick Mahomes isn't the greatest quarterback of all time, I don't know, brother. I mean, like, you got to pick a quarterback. Who are you picking? Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes? The game's tomorrow. Who are you picking? They're in their prime. They're both in their prime, and the game's tomorrow. Who are you picking? Mm. I might have to go with Patrick Mahomes in that situation because of his ability to escape the pocket, not just manipulate the pocket as Tom did, but escape the pocket and pick up first down. So it's it's hard as that is for me to say, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, and and yes, wow, wow. I, I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth. But So he has not established himself as the greatest just yet because there's still some wins, particularly Super Bowl wins to – to add to his resume. That's, Tom's got seven of those things. Yeah. He does. Yeah. He, oh, well, same question to you, Nate. They, they're both in the prime. The game's tomorrow. You need a quarterback. You get to pick one or the other. Who are you picking? I mean, it's a hypothetical that depends on who their teams are, who, the, who their players are. I mean, if it's if it's if it's Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey. No, no, pick, it's on their it's on their best teams. You get you get the to best pick. teams they've ever had. Well, yeah, well, yeah, okay, well, sure. Well, Tom Brady has Beating Patrick Mahomes in the regular season and beating him in the playoffs, he beating him in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So, um, so I'm gonna go. I'm go gonna go Tom Brady. I'm gonna go with Tom Brady. Go with Tom Brady. Uh, hey, hey, listen, that oh, that makes a heck of a lot of sense, of course. And because so Travis Kelsey's a big, 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 big part of this. And sure. So if sure. the 49ers can stop that dude somehow, then they'll be able to beat him. Who? They'll be able to slow down that offense. Who was going to beat Yurishi Rice and? Uh, and what's his nuts? Uh, um, Pacheco. I mean, Valdez Scantling. Yeah, I mean they're running. I mean Pacheco's a good running back. He's running hard and stuff. But Travis Kelsey's clearly the straw that stirs the drink there. And if you can yeah. find a way to shut him down or at least limit what he does, converge on him. You know, six yard gains, fine. What we don't want is him opening the red zone or breaking tackles and running free. And so, um, or picking up crucial third and twelves. You know, third and eights. That's where you want to shut him down. But, um, but. Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is pretty fucking good. All right, give me something in this game that nobody's talking about. Some sort of secret weapon for either or both teams that you guys have observed. Something like, hey, man, this could happen. Watch for it. Chad, you got something like that? Yeah, um, and I don't want to take full credit for this, but uh, I, I, I was reading an article the other day, and it illustrates some of the successes of the 49ers offense. In a time where everybody is going spread, receivers are outside the numbers all the time. The 49ers bring their receivers in tight. And what that is is it brings the defense in tight. Um, and that forces your cornerbacks to tackle out there in open space. And that's the reason why so many of the 49er plays, when they're a successful play, there's so many yards after the catch. Because they've Kyle Shanahan has flipped the thinking as far as how to deal with the defense. Uh, so many teams, again, they, they want to spread you out, and they think that's what creates space. Well, the defense just spreads out in, in recognition of that. 
But when you bring it in tight and you have everything within a tight condensed formation, receivers, tight ends, all that together, well, then the defense has to respond to that. Now there's all this open space on the outside by the numbers. So if you can get George Kittle, if you can get Brandon Ayuk, if you can get Christian McCaffrey, this is one of those reasons why those runs go for such long gains. If you can get them outside the tackle box and into open space one-on-one with a cornerback who are the poorest tacklers on every defense, it just speaks to the genius offensively of Kyle Shanahan and what he's able to scheme up things, understanding not necessarily what offenses do best, but how to take advantage of defensive rules and responsibilities and recognizing all these dudes out there, all 11 of them out there, there's two dudes who are the worst tacklers. Let's make those guys tackle in open space. So that's something I'm looking forward to Sunday is that chess match between Steve Spagnuolo and Kyle Shanahan, particularly with condensed formations. Yeah, and those condensed formations rely on wide receivers who are sticking their noses in there and blocking. Mm-hmm. And so the, that's that becomes an imperative with all those guys. They they consider themselves dogs, right? We're going to get in there and spring Christian or whoever's carrying the ball for big yards. And so look for those receivers to be inserting or cracking down on defensive ends or whatever it is, getting their nose in there and blocking and, and then putting the pressure on the corner to make that play. Um, in, in addition to that, uh, uh, Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings is going to make oh. some big catches he's he always does in the playoffs he shows up in the playoffs because nobody's paying attention to him he's a tough guy he likes the running game he likes to block but he also has very reliable hands and can they can find himself in single coverage out there in space because everyone's focusing on Debo and Christian and, and those guys and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle so look for Jawan Jennings to catch the game-winning touchdown that's a, a bold hot take, Nate. And that's yeah. uh, that's what we love. Now, Nate, you are traveling tomorrow to Vegas, correct? Correct, Amundo. And Chad, you're traveling today to Vegas. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so Nate, we will not see you tomorrow, but hopefully we'll catch up on Friday. And Chad, uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you um, yesterday. But I'm. I'm yeah, aware. Yesterday, I think it's too late to catch up with him yesterday. Yesterday, yes. No, I've got a time machine. Yes. <laughs> You're going to need one. Um, we'll catch up with you yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, but I know things can go screwy. So with the best laid plans and intentions, I will, you know, sit here on my ping pong table at home. And while you world travelers are uh, knocking it out of the park, um, uh, We'll see how everything goes. We're going to try our best for it, which would be cool. But while I have us here for certain, um, I thought it was important just to get through these picks and where you guys are at. And then we'll get into the fun and festivities of Vegas itself. What are you looking forward to, Chad, um, in Vegas this week? Uh, the Super Bowl is always a bit of a you know family reunion. So uh, I've got friends who are you know coaches, friends who are – uh, legend coordinators for the NFL. I got friends who are in the NFL PA, p- former teammates. So the camaraderie of the locker room, I think, is something that every player misses. Mm-hmm. Practices, nope. Conditioning, nope. Weight room, nope. I miss the camaraderie. So that is a chance for me to do that. And then my wife is coming. And so she developed those same relationships, type relationships with the other wives. And so, you know, other folks in our life can't understand this football bubble that we were in. So to, to transport ourselves to Vegas and then instantly be, be back in that same bubble where people understand you, people live the same life, people are on the same page as you. It's a, an incredible experience that I always value 
more than just the the parties and all that, which are great. It's the camaraderie uh, that that brings me back to that special time of my life when I was in those locker rooms. Nate, wow, man, um, blackjack. Maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, I'll, I'll that chat gives us emotional, the drawn out life experience. And uh, uh, Nate's thinking about hitting on sixteen if the deal is showing a seven. That's right. I'll tell you what the, the Super Bowl party, man. It's like it's it's a it's a thing, and once you've been to a bunch of them, you've kind of been to one. Um, and for me, my my most fond memories of the Super Bowl parties were when I wasn't supposed to be there, and I found a way to get in. Um, like in 2003, I just started, and uh, we we decided we had met. The only party I did have a ticket to was the San Diego Zoo Lee Steinberg party. He was my agent, and so. Um, I got to go to that one and he's having another one on Saturday and he has a concussion brain summit every year before that. I I'm, I'm looking forward to that event going to that. <clears throat> so they had the San Diego zoo party. I was two, it was 20, 2003. I uh, went with my buddy, Justin, who was living in San Diego at the time, my old high school quarterback. And we met some girls there who told us to go to the playboy party with them that, that night. And we're like, they're like, come on with us. You know, you'll get in. We're like, we don't have tickets. They're like, we'll, we'll find a way in. So we went, and we got there and we, you know, met them at the their hotel. And then the party bus p- came and picked us up and they dropped us off at the party. And we we're going up and, and we we're going towards the rope. And here we bouncer, go. Bouncer lifts the rope for the girls. And then he drops it in front of us. And he said, points back to the sidewalk where we came from. So it's like, all right, how are we going to get in here? We don't have tickets. Well, we're regrouping down by the sidewalk. I run into this girl I had met the previous night outside a club in the gas lamp district of San Diego. There was like a stampede and she was getting smushed against this metal cage. Oh, kind of like pushed back and gave her some room. We just became friends in that moment. She saw me the next night. She's like, you guys going in? I'm like, no. She's like, well, I'm like, we don't have tickets. She's like, I have one. Here's one It's for my brother. He's not coming. So we have one ticket. We need one more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and so. I walk up to the will call desk, all right? And I'm like, I know my name's not on the list, but I just walked up trying to be cool, right? Uh-huh. And I'm, uh, and I'm, she's like, uh, name? I'm like, Jackson. And she flips the page and runs her finger down. And she goes, Tom? I'm like, yep, that's me. Tom Jackson! Tom Jackson. <laughs> that's me, good old Tom. Good old Tom, Tom Jackson. Good old Tom Jackson. He hands me the ticket and then we're in. So that- No that, way! So that's that, those are the moments, the Super Bowl parties did. And then once once I was in the league and I had more connections and stuff, you go to those parties, they're fancy. There's a lot of, you know, older men with super white teeth and big watches laughing really loudly and young girls like. <laughs> and that's that's kind of what it is, man. Um, you know, free booze and all that. But um, once you've been to one Super Bowl party, you've been to them all. Um, and, uh, but it's cool to see like the random celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> You're not one of those guys. Jeff. He's got no. the teeth and the watch. Watch and I got, he's got the teeth. No. He's got I mean, teeth. bigger watches and whiter teeth than hair plugs. <laughs> um, but, um, no, like, you know, it's cool to see the random celebrity like, oh, that's that person. Oh, that's that. Or the ran- random legend. Like, oh, there's Franco Harris and there's Charles Barkley. And oh, there's Magic Johnson. Like you, you have a lot of those moments at those parties but um but uh yeah i'm looking forward to radio row i'm looking forward to the golf tournament that i'm playing in i'm looking forward to um that that uh the concussion summit that i was talking about there's also an nflpa smocks and jocks art gallery and they and they accepted submissions from former players and uh, jake Plummer had a piece accepted oh Um, very cool 
Yeah, it's a very so, cool event. It's a I've been to that a number of times. It's one of my favorite events to go to because it's more casual. It's in the daytime. It's hmm. not a party. It's not loud music. It's just great art, and you can actually ch- have a chance to talk and have a conversation with people. So uh, Jake's going to be there, obviously. Yeah, yep. Jake will be there. Jake's going there right now. He's you know he's he's got his company, uh, his mushroom company, and so he's going to be out there on on Radio Row, just just uh, talking talking healthy living, man, lifestyle and and brain health and uh, and uh, healthy food and foraging for your meals and things like that. Foraging for your meals. <laughs> okay. Well, Jake's the best, and uh, those are amazing stories. I called it the slipstream. Where muggles like me, if they know somebody like you guys, and and I did this with Chad. I forget was it indie or it was, indie. was it indie? And yeah. um, again, what was it? New was Orleans. Like a, I think. It, oh, I, maybe it was New Orleans. It was. I think. Um, Little Wayne was playing something. I don't know. It was something like that. And I didn't have a ticket, but Chad was like, "I ah, just you know stay close." And Chad just kind of walks quickly with authority, and I just got in the slipstream, and you oh, know, you, you just. You just kind of remember yeah. that chat. I just kind of slipped in. Yeah. Well, I remember getting into that particular party. Here's a quick fun one because Michelle Beisner was meeting. It was New Orleans. Michelle Beisner was meeting up for with Joe Buck for the first time, mm. first time. And so I slipped in with Chad and Chad's like, you good. Cause that's all he wanted to, you know, you good. And then see you all later. Right, see you later. You're right. Kind of. And then get away um, nerd. D- I d- yeah, don't yeah, let I mean, anybody see you with me. Right. So I'm talking to Michelle, and she's meeting Joe Buck for like kind of like like they're just kind of getting to, to know each other uh, right then and there. And here I am, me, talking to beautiful Michelle Beisner, and Joe Buck is standing there like right next to us, like wondering like, well, what's going on here? It was just kind of a weird, odd moment, but it was all about meeting Joe. But I just sort of had a moment like, eh. Suck it, Joe. I'm going to talk to Michelle as long as I want. Um, uh, the next day I see Michelle and she goes, oh, it went really well. And I really like him. And and wow. and kind of the rest is history because I ended up getting married and have kids and the whole thing. But I was there because I was in the Chad Brown slipstream talking to Michelle before she really got to know Joe. Now, Boy. I ditched you because yeah. I went to the, the <laughs> VIP section and... The treat up there was Von Miller and Jerry Rice having a dance off <laughs> while Little Wayne was performing in the background. Wow. So it doesn't get more name dropping than that. So while your experience was was very cool, I, I still think I had a pretty <laughs> damn cool experience watching maybe the greatest football player of all time and the greatest pass rusher of recent memory having a dance off while Little Wayne and Snoop were in the background. We've had some great times, and um, and we had our own great times there in Indy, Chad. Yeah, we got after. We had some good. We ones. had some good time, Nate. Yeah. You would have liked that. I mean, you you would have fit right in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, on that note, um, let's hope. Hey, Nate, safe travels. We'll try to catch up with you on Friday, Chad. We'll do our best, right? Yep. Um, to uh, connect tomorrow, what would be afternoon. Um, and I'll try to find a couple of scrubs to keep this 8 a.m. thing going. Who knows? I mean, it's not you guys, but I'll do my best. But you guys are the absolute best. Super Bowl week is upon us. Let's get to Vegas and have a good time.